Sorry, I forgot what name our podcast was. It is Your Words Against Mine, a competitive reading podcast between siblings. I'm your co-host, Thomas Dempsey. I'm your other co-host, Elizabeth Connor. And you're jointly... Are coming together today to talk about the books we've read over the last two weeks. But before we do that, Elizabeth, what haven't you been reading? <laughs> um, I haven't been reading a lot. It's been a very busy two weeks. Um, we've had we've had school. This was my spring break. I got a haircut. That's good. Yeah, I've been needing one. Um, that was a very pleasant experience and. For women, it's always nice when you have a pleasant haircutting experience because sometimes they can be terrible. Um, I mean, it, I would have, to, I presume it's different for men than it is for women, so I can only say that yeah. most of my haircut appointments have been pretty uneventful. Um, I've had some that did not go as planned. Like, sure. one time I told this kid that I wanted my hair cut to my collarbone and he cut it like almost to my chin okay so he didn't know what the collarbone yeah was. apparently he didn't know what a collarbone was maybe yeah okay and then and then this week's been just really busy uh sure with some family stuff so yeah same here oh one thing that i have been not reading um i've really gotten in so i a while back signed up for CBS All Access because I wanted to watch The Good Wife. Okay. And it has since become Paramount Plus. Yeah, yeah I remember which, about, hearing about that. Which you get you get a lot more offerings with Paramount Plus. And, and it's the same, like, it costs the same. Um, okay. So I have really gotten into the reality show Ink Master. Oh, the tattoo one? Yeah, the tattoo one. It came, it came on Spike TV. Um, I'm almost done with season three. And wow. What I, and like what I really love about the show is basically the show is an art competition. It's just that your medium is skin and a tattoo needle. Right. Because they, they put a lot of emphasis on the different art elements like dimension and consistency and line work and shading and gradation and things like that okay yeah it's, it sounds like bernie's been a fan of it too bernie's been a fan of a lot of things i'm having a bit of a cat uh, happening in my room too um an event that's uh taking place for me recently is i got my blind my curtains installed in my room finally these uh curtains rods and uh, curtains themselves that have just sort of been hanging around in my room waiting for me to finally install them. Got around to doing that last weekend and mm-hmm. have been sleeping through many an alarm in the week <laughs> since. But uh, right now I got Flash in here with me and she's uh, keeps getting behind the blind, uh, getting behind the curtains. I think like either batting at a bug in the window or messing around with the blinds one. But happy to have them. They uh, probably helping with some sound dampening in here yeah but uh how many times have you been late have you been late to work not actually that often uh usually i get there right on time okay and uh yeah but um it's mainly just in terms of how much time i have to get ready in the morning so i'm not having to rush about or you know yeah but at any rate uh 
In terms of what I haven't been reading, nothing readily comes to mind. Oh, no, what am I talking about? Uh, I started playing um, the new Monster Hunter game the other weekend. It was, uh, came out for the Switch last week, I believe, or maybe two weeks now. And uh, for those who don't know, Monster Hunter is a long-running video game series that uh, is basically what it says on the tin. You in, exist in a fantasy world where you belong to like a tribe of hunters, and you have to go out and fight these giant dinosaur-like monsters. And when you beat the monsters, you collect like you collect their remains and use that to upgrade your weapons and your armor so that you can take on more difficult monsters. Okay. And uh, this is my first exposure to the series, but um, it's sounding like this one's pretty popular. I've enjoyed what of it I've played. It's really good for, like, quick play sessions, Mm -hmm. and I haven't really gotten what you'd call a marathon marathon session in on it. Quick question. Uh, Does it have a subtitle? Monster Hunter Rise? Okay. Because I saw... um, Why do you ask? I saw a meme... That was like of SpongeBob, like pointing over his shoulder, and it was like, "Hey, want to see me waste 400 hours of my life?" And it was like Monster Hunter something, and then okay, well, the last game was called Monster Hunt Monster Hunter World. Uh huh. But uh, depending on when you saw it, it might have been like this most recent game. But I know which one you're talking about. It's like the speed one. Uh huh. Yeah, SpongeBob memes. Brought to you by uh, Paramount Plus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I listen to a lot of podcasts that advertise for that service, and it's like I trust you when you say that uh, there's a lot of stuff on it to check out. But when it comes to like the marquee titles, it seems like they're really leaning on the presence of SpongeBob. And you know, I'm not gonna lie. Like whenever we have my younger stepson over here, and he's like, "Can yeah. we watch cartoons?" Because we don't have like cable. We just use streaming right. services. Um, right, which costs us much. Yeah, so I'm just like, so now with Paramount Plus, I can just be like, hey, you want to watch SpongeBob? And he loves SpongeBob, so he's just like, yeah, of course. Yeah, is it uh, old SpongeBob or new? I guess it's probably like a mixture. The the but, last uh, time he was over here, we started with season one, episode one. Wow. The old and that was like over that was like 20 years ago i was 22 years ago yeah that's what and that was back i remember watching that show when it premiered after the kids choice awards Mm -hmm. because that was back in the days when that was the occasion like every year they'd have the kids choice awards and after the kids choice awards they'd debut a new nicktoon so it'd be like uh cat dog or spongebob squarepants or i don't know if invader zim got the uh Kids' Choice Awards treatment, but um, you, there was, I think Rocket Power was one year, too. Yeah. But, uh, at any rate, yeah, we've it's been a part of our lives pretty long. Yeah, and, but, it, like, uh, but like, it was always kind of in the background, and it never really came right. to the forefront for me until I, you know, got married and became a stepmom. Sure. And now, yeah, and I guess I, I, being a little younger than you, I had a more prolonged exposure to it. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, certainly seeing it sort of take off on the memosphere, like that show is just like a gold mine for reaction gifts and what have you. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, I'd actually be interested in checking it out. Uh, so maybe next time I get up that way or next time you come around, you could log us on. Okay. Yeah, so we'll check it out. Sounds good. Anyway, if we want to make a run and go of things, you want to just dive right into reading? Sure. Sure thing. Okay, well, I'll, I'll go first since uh, you're going to have a fair bit to talk about mm-hmm. with the reading challenge this week. My idea for my reading this past uh, fortnight was that I would get a bunch of small books and knock them all out in succession. And what I wound up doing, I did finish the books that I started and that I intended to finish. But what I find myself doing, especially with the format that we've set for ourselves, Mm -hmm. is the week after we record and post an episode, my my rate of reading just drops. Yeah. I don't know, it's just, I guess, having that, like, waypoint passed just sort of takes out a lot of the urgency for me. And then uh, the week the week before an episode is when I feel like I do most of my reading these days. So I, I had started a couple of these little novellas, uh, you know, pretty soon after we last recorded, but I read the majority of them and wound up finishing most of them. Uh, within just the past couple of days so in fact uh, a little behind the scenes uh, reporting here we're recording this a day late just uh, for scheduling conflicts and it actually wound up working in my favor because one of the books I was working on I didn't actually finish until late last night so gotcha uh, yeah and now Flash is attacking my bed well I was getting ready to just put out a disclaimer if you hear something um in the background. Oh yeah, no, our listeners are familiar with Bernie. <laughs> okay, well, she today she found a Easter egg, so. Like a real one? Oh God, no, a plastic one. Oh okay. And and she's currently knocking it around the kitchen. Right. Well, Flash is. She. I don't think she's used to being in my room this long with me. Usually, I give her an out fairly quickly when I find out she's hanging out in here but right now she's just nosing around underneath my sheets mm-hmm. and uh hopefully she doesn't come over this way and start messing with the computer yeah but, uh anyway, what was oh right the books i finished reading uh i read four novellas and uh i'll just sort of take you through them in ascending order in terms of preference which uh i, I felt they were all pretty good and i have some stipulations for the ones I was a little cooler on, which starting out was uh, first one being uh, the book When the Tigers Came Down the Mountain by Nevo. Mm-hmm. And um, the asterisk I'll put next to that one is that according to Goodreads, it is the middle entry of a uh, ongoing series. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like from what I've been able to gather that the surrounding books are significantly longer than mm-hmm. this one so it's more like a, a side story within the main franchise if you will so like you have probably have like an introductory novel and then this book which is like about 100 pages 120 and then you know another mainline novel and just this sort of acting as like world building or sort of more character development but it does stand well enough alone uh, on its own but uh so I liked it fairly well. What it's about is um, an old, it's sort of t- 
takes place in a uh, sort of ancient mythological China mm -hmm. where uh, like humans and animals coexist and animals are generally it's sort of like the thing in old myths and stories where animals talk and have like sentience mm -hmm. and in this story uh, involves a young monk who is traveling with a mammoth rider uh, through these mountains and as they arrive in a village they encounter a trio of tigers who were preparing to maul like a drunk like in the street mm -hmm. so they rescue the man and hide out in a barn where the tigers corner them and uh, the tigers of course can talk and one of them can even like transform into a human uh, intermittently and um, the story the, the framing device for the story is that the uh, tigers are sort of like basically stalking these uh, travelers out waiting to pounce mm -hmm. and the monk as a way of trying to bide for time begins telling a famous myth about a tiger that the tigers listen to all the while intermittently interjecting with their own version of events mm -hmm. because that story exists in the realm of the tigers as well so it's a pretty interesting concept that has a lot of fun narrative uh, potential but the i think the main reason i was so cold on it is that the story really asks you to uh engage with and empathize for these tiger characters and it's a little it's just a little weird having to like engage with these characters who are like animals but personified in such a way where you're meant to relate with them but which with regards to them being like ferocious tigers renders like all of their actions and motives inherently villainous mm -hmm. so I've, I feel like there's like a remove I'm supposed to be at that maybe had I come to this series from the start I might have been better primed for but uh, and anyway it was just a little sort of nagging thing that made reading the book a little uh, more troublesome than felt like it could have been otherwise but apart from that i liked it okay. and uh, the rest of the books i was pretty well on uh there was the shortest book which is called skyland by andrew drubin or durbin mm -hmm. and uh by all accounts it's a semi-autobiographical journal about a trip he took to the island of patmos in the year 2017 because the story is explicitly set in the week preceding that uh, solar eclipse that happened back then. Yeah. You recall? Mm-hmm. And uh, which was also around the same time as the Charlottesville uh, white supremacist rally. Mm-hmm. And um, the book sort of like is as much about like its current moment in time. So it has to deal with this, this like author who is a gay man traveling with his gay friend in a fairly conservative country. And just sort of like his relationship to the world and his his new boyfriend that he's seeing that he's sort of uncertain about and just his uh, concerns about the way things are going and I'm not I feel like it's a recent title so there's an element of like historical perspective pertaining to it as well but there's also that aspect of not knowing how much is like based on true events and how much is like dramatic uh, elaboration mm -hmm. but 
at any rate, it was a brisk read, and it was just uh, really well, like well described and well characterized. Mm-hmm. So that one gets a recommend. And then the other two, uh, one was called uh, High Skies by Tracy Darty, and that's a book set in like the late fifties in a uh, sort of a barren Texas town, like on the like next to this army base. And it's sort of a, like a book about encroaching Cold War paranoia where uh, these uh, sort of repeated like sandstorms that overtake the uh, town are sort of an exacerbator slash metaphor for the um, Red Scare that was going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, there, yeah, it's a, a pretty like, adri- like adri- addresses a broad range of topics like as far as American history was concerned at the time. But uh, that was good. And the last book, and the longest book that I read, was called Fly Away by Kathleen Jennings. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the books I enjoyed the most, but also a book that I sort of was tripped up by at first because it is set in Australia, and it's persp- and it's like uh, the pers- the POV character is this girl who is like very sheltered and is basically like very prim and judgmental of like people she perceives as being less dignified than her Mm -hmm. and she like lives under the thumb of her mother who's like very controlling Mm. and so you empathize with her in that regard and uh she act and then like as you go through the book you come to realize that she actually has like a pretty rambunctious and rebellious past that she's sort of like on the other side of Mm -hmm. and her family has a history in the town that they live in that has a lot of people like being untrustworthy of them and you're not sure if it's because of things they did or something like more obscure and then all throughout this story you're getting these various like outback legends that uh, also sort of like double as your typical sort of like small town rumor mill Mm -hmm. so it's a pretty like well woven together story about this girl sort of like coming to an understanding about herself and her family's legacy Mm -hmm. and uh yeah i came to really enjoy it so those were the uh four books that i read in the past couple weeks and um maybe you'd like to tell us about your reading now yeah but actually before you do do that I need to let Flash out. She's starting to get antsy. Okay. Well, I was getting ready to say, I was getting ready to suggest uh, that before I talk about the books that I read, um, why don't we take this opportunity to take a break? Okay. I'm back. Okay. You're back. And I'm back too. Uh, it's, you know, I actually just got some more beer myself. Uh, presuming that's what we're drinking tonight. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. I've actually, I've been, um, abstaining the last couple of weeks just to like get my tolerance down so that I can actually feel something yeah and uh then when I went out to do some grocery shopping today I saw that um new Belgian was on sale at Publix buy one get one free so I picked up a fair bit of that and stocked up my fridge so yeah I'm not gonna like go off or anything like that but I just wanted to take advantage of it while I had the chance okay okay and uh, I think that's a good way of saying that we're back. So uh, before the break, I was talking about all the books I'd read the past couple of weeks. Elizabeth, you want to tell us about what your reading's been like? Yeah, so um, I know this week I'm going to be checking into a challenge, so I'm going to save that book for last. 
Um, right. But what I read this week, I read four more books in my Motorcycle Club series that I've been reading and that I've kind of been talking about over the last couple episodes. Um, yeah, how long is this series? It feels like you've, you've <laughs> got to be at least a dozen books in it. Now. I'm... Okay, so there's actually two Motorcycle Club series. Yes. The first one that I read, I, I don't remember how many... I don't remember like what number book I stopped on, but the current one that I'm on, because there was a crossover, right. or like a collaboration between the two authors of these two series, um, but the current one that I'm reading, I just finished like book 10. Okay. And how many books are extant, do you know? I don't know, because like now there's like... Now there's kind of like these things of like to read more of so and so's story, check out this book, and like I'm sitting here going, is this actually? Well, I'll get into that. So, oh. so um, you know, I, I mentioned in a previous episode how this particular author um, was really bad about tap dancing on one of my pet peeves when it comes to reading, and that's just the overabundance of like typos and grammatical errors. Yes. And those are like those have happened in these past four books that I've read in the last two weeks, but they do not happen as often. And I don't know what happened. It's like a light bulb switched for her because the writing very much went from like, okay, like, yeah, this is the story, this is what's going on, this is okay, to like, whoa this is still a romance series but like now we're dealing with like some real issues and you're writing about it really really well you think maybe an editor got involved it is it's possible um i'll check i guess if i guess it'd be like natural to assume that as this person went on they'd become like more skilled and experienced yeah and i read and i read the book through um the Kindle Unlimited subscription, so I've already like returned it, but so I can't check to see like who the editor was, um, at least okay. not right now. But I don't even know if that's uh, included, and I know most places might mention it in the acknowledgments section. Yeah, but I don't think there's like a, a an accredited okay. editor on most books, unless it's like a collection of various stories. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if an editor got involved um, or if it's just like, you know, just general comments or like feedback that she's received from other readers. But so in, in these four books, and I feel like I feel like these four books are also like a motorcycle club romance series version of like Absalom Absalom. Oh, no. Wait, is that good or bad? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, you're reading it. I'm reading it um, because it's like there's a series of event that ha- of events that happen regarding one central villain, um, right? And kind of what you mentioned, like when I issued and you reported back on the Bridgerton challenge that I gave you, like yes. way back when. So. Like, all of these, like, the, the, the characters of these four different stories, their romances all are, are all kind of taking place concurrently. 
So that means okay, that yeah. so that means that events are ha- are like so that means that the series of events are happening in every single one of like their lives or their stories. Sure. So you're getting the different perspectives of these events which pertain to the motorcycle club stuff from different perspectives. Okay. And it did get, and by the time I got to book four, or like by the time I got to book three, really, I was just like, oh, I've already read this. I really just want to skip this part because I already know what happens. Um, so, I mean, it was like kind of aggravating in that regard. And that's really why I hated Absalom Absalom, because by like the third time the person was telling the story, I was just like, I'm over it. Sure. And, but the the author like you really chose this particular like subset of the series to like talk about some deep stuff like she talks yeah. about like she she introduces like dealing with PTSD dealing with um sexual assault uh dealing with human trafficking um dealing with being a survivor of human trafficking both as the person who was trafficked and as a loved one of someone who was kidnapped and trafficked. Right. And let's see here. That's like the first two books. No, that's the first three books. Um, What happened in the last book? Oh my gosh. I can't remember. That's so, I can't believe that. Anyway, like something else happened in the last book and like, it was really, really good. Um, you're also still dealing with the with the recurrent themes of like dealing with a mental illness and being a loved one up and being the loved one of a person with mental illness um, because one of the primary characters from earlier in the series uh, is manic depressive. Sure. And he's the president of the motorcycle club, so he shows up in every single book because it's his business. He's the president. Um, okay. But anyway, like, the way that she deals with all of these things is, like, it's very honest. It's a little uncomfortable, but it's also, like, very respectful and just... And it's just, it's handled really, really well. Okay. Well, that sounds good. So, I'm gonna find out what book 11 is and just keep on trucking. Alrighty. Well, I look forward to hearing from it. I feel like I sort of missed the opportunity to start a recurring update bit about my read-through of Anna Karenina. Oh, why don't you go ahead and take that time to do that now? Yeah, I've been... I mean, there's nothing much to say. I've just (laughs) been keeping up with it. I'm about uh, 40% of the way through. Okay. And, uh, yeah, there's like a whole bunch of characters been introduced. And there's like two main story threads revolving around like the titular character and uh, a uh, affair love affair that she's engaged with mm-hmm. and then on the other side of things there's this uh, like rural landowner who's like sort of smitten with this woman that he feels like he's been like spurned by mm-hmm. and uh, it's just sort of like the will they won't they of that relationship Okay. And there's a bunch of, like, various characters that come and go between the two stories. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I'll have, like, a more clear 
like sense of things when I like bring it up by the time I finish it. But again, that won't be for at least another couple months. Right. So, yeah. But uh, I'm enjoying it. Okay. And the cereal app is still working good. Awesome. So, yeah. And uh, does this bring us to uh, your challenge for this episode, or was there anything else you wanted to talk nope, about? Nope, that brings us to our challenge for this episode. Okay, well, why don't you remind everybody what it was? So, you had challenged me in honor of March, which was International Women's Month, um, or Women's History Month, to read one nonfiction book written by a female author. Yes. So the so I did complete the challenge, and the book that I read was um, by Mary Roach, and okay. <laughs> and I know her. Yeah, and it was um, it's called Stiff: The Curious Lives of Human Cadavers. Nice. Oh, yeah, that was like one of. I don't know if it were if it was one of her earlier ones, but uh, the one of hers I read was the one she wrote about uh, like army science. Mm-hmm. I forget what it was called. If it was like troop or something, but um, yeah, she's got like a really like great mind for that sort of like like obscure and sort of quirky research. Yeah. Yeah. And so. <laughs> So I read this book, and when I was talking, like, I was on the phone with our mom a couple of days ago, and I was telling her, like, oh, by the way, I'm reading this book about human cadavers, and she was just like, oh, why? <laughs> it's, for, it's for science. Yeah, I'm like, mom, it's, it's, it's for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Instead yeah. of do it for the gram, you got to do it for the podcast. Oh, yeah, do it for the cast. Um, do it for the cast. And so anyway, like, I I really did enjoy this book. Um, I felt like her humor was very, like, tongue-in-cheek. Sure. Kind of. It's not, like, outright, like, I'm, I'm setting up all of this research for this punchline. It's just, like, it's just, like, this is my research, and here's, like, a little witty remark about it, or, like, a little pun or something. Yeah. Um, but anyway, like, overall, it was very, very readable. Uh, something that I'm not used to, because, as I've already said on this, on the podcast, like, I'm a music, like, I'm a music educator, um, and, which is, in the grand scheme of things, a very new field. Yeah. Like music education in the public school systems is like a little over a hundred years old oh i don't think i knew that like a hundred i think probably by now it's like a hunt maybe 125 years old okay. basically but it's like a, a very much a 20th century thing yeah it's very much a 20th century thing um okay. and so i forget or like it just is like outside of the realm of my knowing that, you know, hey, other fields have a lot more research and have a lot more historical documents that support and have led to what's going on today. So, like, I'm sitting here, like, reading through it, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, she's pulling her research from the 1500s and the 1600s and the 1700s and sometimes even earlier than that, especially when she gets to the chapter about... Um, 
like some Chinese medicine and you're talking about like BC and I was like wow that's just something that like my field of study just does not have yeah like that's pretty cool so like that was really cool and I really liked how what she would do is she would introduce like current well current for when the book was published um that was the other thing like I didn't look at the copyright page and I started reading it and I was like you know from a research perspective I feel like this research kind of old and then I went back and looked and I was like oh well the book was published in 2003 that's why right but I feel like she did a really good job like pretty much every chapter she'd like lay the groundwork of this is the current research that's happening uh, regarding this like particular topic uh, that involves cadavers and then she would incorporate the historical perspective for like the middle part of the chapter and then she would return back to what's going on currently like that was basic that was the theme of every single chapter yeah and um, I feel like there was a uh, similar construction for that book I read which I just remembered was called Grunt oh yeah when I looked her, because like, I was like, I know I want to read a book by Mary Roach. So I just like typed in her name, and I remember Grunt being one of the titles. Yeah. It's a good, great title for a book. So I did pretty good. Like, I'm not really a squeamish person. And I think that you sure. and I, having parents who were in the medical field and having yeah. some of the dinnertime conversations that we had, like, helped that. Yes. Like, I'm a lot less squeamish than other people my age or than other people that I tend to meet in my everyday life. But this book, uh-huh. the, I had some moments. Oh, okay. Like, like the, like the body, like the chapter about like, um, oh goodness, what was the kind of cadaver called? Beating heart. The beating heart cadavers. And when they start kind of getting into like the possibility of like whole bo- of like whole body transplants for like quadriplegics and stuff, huh? Like when not so much the concept of that, but when she started going into like the experimental trials that happened in the 1970s with monkeys. Oh man! Like that good ever happened with monkeys? uh, Yeah. First of all, I felt terrible for the monkeys, and second of all, I was like, like I just got real squeamish about it. Like, yeah. Ooh, and then of course the chapter about um, cadaveric medicine and like eating body parts. Like that's just gross. Oh yeah. Oh man, I've got a great song about that though. (laughs) Yeah. That. That's. Yeah. That's pretty out of nowhere but it's relevant uh do you remember oh goodness uh we can talk about it later but there's this great song called sweet bod Uh uh-huh that's just about like the old myth of like like the medicinal effects of mummies oh my goodness that's what she talked about in the in the eat me chapter yeah uh, well, there's like this, just this fun novelty song about that. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, like that was, that was, that was a hard chapter to get through. Oh, man. Well, I'm, I'm glad you made it. I'm glad I made it too. And, um, I mean, I, I like nonfiction, like literature. I like nonfiction books. I, I just don't. For whatever reason, I don't read a lot of them. 
Sure. But I, I like them. Like every, almost every single nonfiction book I've ever read, like I've really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I almost feel like they're more readable in a way because you're always like you're never at like a loss for the point, I guess. Yeah. Whereas like there's with like a non or like with a purely fictional book, there can be a uh, sort of like a not really knowing where things are going completely can sort of take you out of it at times or like incentivize you to disengage whereas the like the ever-present purpose of a non-fiction book of informing you of things that happened or the way things work can uh, sort of really like help sort of take you along yeah and a lot of it does come down to like the strength of the writing itself but uh, yeah and yeah, I, I know that um yeah, I I remember uh, the book riot contributor editor. I'm not sure what her role is, but Rebecca Shinsky um, yes. from Book Riot. She I remember hearing her say on a podcast that like she really l- enjoyed listening to nonfiction books, and I remember like trying to do that, and it was hard because like I listened to the audio. This was last year. Um, I listened to the audiobook, like the history of cod, like the fish, and the it fish? was, huh? No, I was just clarifying the fish. Oh yeah, it was it was cod the fish. Maybe it wasn't even the history of. Maybe it was like cod a history or something like that. But like the book was like, like listening to the the narrator, narrating that book. Like it was just it was almost too soothing. And I didn't, I, I did not really retain a whole lot because it was just, it was almost like meditative. And I also, and I also learned that I cannot listen to an audiobook narrated by Nick Offerman oh. for the same reasons. Like that man, as for as funny as he is, that man's voice will put me to sleep. Right. Like his voice is so soothing to me that I could listen to him all day long and just be like super relaxed, not know anything what he said, but I'd be relaxed. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed your challenge. And uh, before we go on to the next challenge, did you want to look over word total? Yeah. So you want to go first? Yeah, I'll bring up my notes real quick. Okay. So once again, I read four. Uh, short books over the last couple weeks. Uh, the longest one was about 48,000 words and the shortest was about 23 and a half thousand words. And so taken all together, uh, my current word total has gone from 1,232,275.2 words to 1,356,721.6. Okay. And I'm more than certain that you've uh, managed to <laughs> widen your lead in the time since. Um, so in the past two weeks, I have read five books for a total of 448,704 words, which brings my word total up to 2,370,000. I'm sorry. Let me start that number over. 2,337,728 words. All right, so now you're just 
full on have a million word lead on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I gotta start kicking it into gear. <laughs> well, can't say this wasn't expected. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, all sorry. Right. <laughs> that, that hey, but no, all of a sudden, absolutely, congratulations on all that. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I can't really come off as anything but bitter at this point. <laughs> I'm sorry. That sounded really like that was a really evil laugh. No, it was good. <laughs> yep. All right. So, what's my okay. next challenge? All right, your next challenge. Let me ask you something. You've got your phone on you, right? Yeah. Can you uh, go into your web browser while talking? Yes, I can. Okay. Can you bring up your browser? Uh-huh. All right. Now, here is your assignment. I'm going to give you a web article. Okay. And your assignment for the next reading challenge is to read the article. Okay. Now, what I want you to do is type in John J-O-N Uh-huh. Boys B-O-I-S Okay. Future of Football. Got it? Head up. I do. Let's see here. John Boys is it is it seventeen seven seventy six what football will look like in the future by John Boys? Okay. Is it SB Nation? Oh, okay. What fo- what football will look like in the future on SB Nation? Yes, all right. By Click John that. Boys. Okay. Now are you at an article that says what football will look like in the future? I am, and the publication date is July fifth, two thousand seventeen. Okay, can you start reading the article aloud, please? Oh, what happened to the words? What? <laughs> so, good morning. The time it. What is happening? Psych! You just got tricked into reading a web comic, nerd. <laughs> Oh, boy. (laughs) Okay. Okay, you are now reading the webcomic 17,776. And your assignment over the next month is to read all of it. Okay, what's my prize? Oh, right, yeah. Wow, I didn't stop to think about that. Uh, Let's say 50,000 words. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, that sounds fair. And, uh, okay, just full to be- disclosure, I have not finished the series myself. I just discovered it recently. Okay. But uh, I was eager to get into it. I figured that if we were both sort of reading al- reading along, then uh, that'd make for a more uh, engaging discussion when we finally got around to talking about it. Okay, just to be clear, it, it does start off as a calendar for, like, the year f- ending in 43, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, once again... We thank you for joining us, listener. This has been Your Words Against Mine, a competitive reading podcast. Elizabeth, do you want to tell them where they can find us? You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Your Words Podcast. 
and you can find us at our webpage, yourwordspodcast.com. Yep, yep, so come check us out. Yeah. All right, well, it's a bit of a quick... Well, I feel like we've been sort of nailing down the length of these as of late. Yeah. About 45, 50 minute long. Yeah, I feel like we've kind of hit our stride. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, just in time, too, because I believe with our next episode, we will be at episode 10. Woohoo! Yeah. So look forward to that. We'll see you again in two weeks. Uh, Once again, this has been Thomas Dempsey. And Elizabeth Connor. Reminding you. Bye. Bye. Bye.